I was just thinking how tired I was earlier today before I was killed. The first time I had a mediumship experience was really wild. Hi, I'm Ingrid H. Turner. I am a psychic medium, I'm a psychic development teacher, and I'm a somatic manifesting coach. And I'm here to connect with my fellow weirdos and outrageous people. If you're the kind of person who identifies with words like misfit, outcast, black sheep of the family, these are things that you have felt and internalized in your lifetime, I'm so glad you're here. I'm here to connect with you because that is your magic. And whether you realize it or not yet, it is my job, my imperative, to get you embracing and loving your authentic, your magic, your weird, your wonderful, and get you on a stage broadcasting your gifts, your skills, your talents, your passions to as big an audience as you can handle. When I was seven years old, I had my first really intense, loud, undeniable mediumship experience. I was walking across the living room and I stopped dead in my tracks because I saw a man appear in my mind's eye and he was really in excruciating emotional pain and I could see it and I could feel it. And he started telling me this story about how he was holding on to his lover and he was fading away piece by piece. Some man in his like 30s, right? And I'm a seven-year-old. Whoa. <laughs> okay. And when I, when, I, when I received that, kind of after I was released by that spirit, I grabbed a pen and a paper and I was so moved in my heart that I wrote a poem. And I wrote the poem dictating the story from the perspective of this grown man. And I was seven years old, so I didn't have any language or way of like comprehending what had happened to me. It wasn't until more than 20 years later when I really woke up to my gifts and started using them, actively using them, that I looked back on that experience and was like, wow, I know what that was. That was my first mediumship experience. It was also the first time that I wrote poetry. Now, if you followed me around for any length of time, you know how much I love poetry. It's a real passion of mine. So I took this piece of paper and I went to my parents who were busy cleaning out the pantry or something. And I said, mom, dad, I wrote a poem. They're like, yeah, your kid, we're busy. I'm like, okay. So I tossed it on the table and completely forgot about it. The next day, my parents were like, Ingrid, <laughs> that was a really good poem. And my dad kept coming back around and going, why did you write it from the perspective of a grown man? What, what was that all about? Where'd that come from? And again, I didn't have any language for this. I didn't have any understanding of what had happened to me. I didn't, couldn't even like describe what I had seen. And so I just said, I don't know. And he finally was like, okay, there's this really imaginative, creative seven-year-old girl. It was my imagination, but it was spirit riding my imagination. I was so young and so open that spirit was able to get in and dictate to me so that I could immortalize this. The, the last copy of the poem actually I put in my dad's coffin when he died. So I'd no longer have the poem. 
at the time when I was a child, I didn't think to keep a copy of it. So it's buried in the earth in Northern California, but it was immortalized for a time there. But here's why I tell you this story. It happened to me again this morning. It was so cool. It was intense. It was really intense. So I was, the last couple of days I've been just exhausted. Like I've just been laid out flat. Like my body is like, we're done. We're not doing any more work. We're just kicking back. So I've been honoring that. Has anybody experienced anything like that? your creativity, with writing, even with painting, you might see like see something in your mind's eye, or you might hear a tone. Or if you're a musician, maybe you can, you can start picking something out. This is how songs are created. This is how stories are written. This is how poetry is written. This is how paintings are created. Our creativity is that connection to divine source energy. They call it your muse. But what it is, is it's divine spirit. It's God consciousness moving through you and expelling from you in this really unique and creative way, which is why you hear me say all the time, you are of divine service through the vehicle of your passions. So today, there I was laying down and I had this visitation. This woman, probably in her early 30s, she was real short. She was Hispanic. She had long hair. I mean, she was like maybe barely over five feet, very small woman. She had long, dark, dark hair coming down to here. She was dressed in what looked like kind of like a business attire, like business casual attire. And when I saw her, she shared with me that she'd been hit by a bus and killed. And it was shocking to me to receive this. Now, when I'm in a new location, I often get visitations from spirits, often. But usually they come in, say hi, I get a sense of them, and then they're gone. This one came in with a message today. And this message, just like when I was seven years old, it was so profound. It locked me in so immensely that I wrote a poem. Now, when I wrote this poem, I immediately sent it to my mom, because God bless my mom. She's been reading every single poem I write for the last three decades and commenting on every single one of them. So I sent it to her, and you know what she said to me? Before I told her that this was a visitation and what I'd seen that this woman had been hit by a bus, she said, you know what I thought of when I read that poem? Was this woman I saw in the news who was hit by a car and killed. She's got the gift, too. She doesn't use it like I do. It's not quite the passion for her, but, you know, she's got it, too. So I want to read you this poem because it's a channeled message from a spirit. And it is such a potent message, especially as we move into the new year. It just rocked my world and blew my mind. All right, let me read this to you. I was just thinking how tired I was earlier today before I was killed. And now I lay here crumpled on the concrete, drifting away to the longest sleep. And I'm remembering how many breaths I wanted to take I'm tallying up the hugs I meant to give, the kisses I meant to steal, the I love yous I meant to say. Even as I float away and this body gets cold and the mind softens and I'm fading towards some other horizon, I'm realizing that all the breaths I meant to take, I put them off because I had things I needed to do. And that's why I was so tired today. And all the kisses I meant to explore, I didn't want to get hurt. All the hugs I didn't extend, I didn't want to take up all that space. All the I love yous I didn't say, I didn't want to be too loud. And now here I am in the last seconds of what could have been an incredible life, 
If only I'd been louder and braver and bolder and a lot more lazy. I'm gone now, and all that's left is a broken body and a lot of blood. Voices all around me are fading echoes now as people run around me like they can save me. I think I was quite pretty when alive, but you wouldn't know it looking at that heap of me. And of course, I didn't know it, not when I electrified that shell. Silly girl, I'm thinking now, but not meanly. I have regrets, but it's not exactly that. I'm not sad I didn't live my life right out loud, like I had every opportunity to. But if I did get a do-over, I'm damn sure I'd do it right. I'll do it right next time. Okay. That came through me like lightning. It was an incredible experience to write it. And it was an incredible experience to receive this message from someone who had this to say at the moment of their death. As she was leaving her body, this is the message that she left with the world. And I was lucky enough to catch it as it went by and give it to you today. My love, my love, you've got to stop living for other people. Stop staying quiet, making yourself small, holding back, trying not to take up space. The line that she gave me, what she said to me here, is what really bowled me over. And I want to repeat it to you. I'm not sad I didn't live my life right out loud, like I had every opportunity to. But if I get a do-over, I'm damn sure I'd do it right. Every opportunity. I know it's hard. I know it's hard. We are so conditioned. We have pain that we carry from experiences that were not fair. It is so hard. It feels almost impossible sometimes to disconnect from the fucking machine that is society and the way that it clamps down on you and demands obedience, demands servitude holding over us the fear of death, starvation, outcasting. I mean, we look around sometimes and we go, if I don't go to work, I could end up under a bridge. I hate this job, but I have to go. It's killing me, but I have to go. And we do this in every area of our life because of the fear that we are fed from the moment of our birth. But here's the thing. It's a lie. It's a lie. And the only reason it affects us is because we allow it to, is because we continue to believe the lie. The lie is you can't. The lie is you're not good enough. The lie is, how fucking dare you? The lie is, sit down, you loud, outrageous bitch. That's the lie. And it's okay that it hurts, that it leaves a mark, that we're dealing with the stuck energy. But there is a way through. There is a way through. But the first step is you have to decide 
you have to decide that you're not going to do it anymore, that you're not going to believe the lies. You're no longer going to believe the thoughts that like a cancer had taken over your mind and calcified and grown roots and stinking it up. It doesn't mean that you have to flip a switch and just be like, okay, I'm going to be different now. I'm going to be a whole different person. No, because it's not just the mind. It's the body. We have to get the body on board. It's the body. It's the body. Get into the body, clear the energy, and then the mind shifts easily. And then you can see the opportunities every single moment. You can see the opportunity to live the life you want, to live the life that is truly correct for you. Every opportunity. And that opportunity is as simple as, no, thank you. Yes, please. No, thank you. Yes, please. You can have it. It's available to you. I have a comment here. No, you have to heal your damage. That's what I'm talking about, Tara. Getting the body on board. Clearing the stuck energy in the body. In your physical body, in your emotional body, and then in your mental body. This is how it happens. And the other thing I want to talk about here is the marriage of creativity and psychic shit channeling spirit a whole bunch of you said earlier you've had the experience where you've had a creative output because you received it you received an image you heard a tone you felt something in your body something came through you and you expressed it and birthed it through your body see the divine can't be physical except through you and that's what the divine is after through the experience of you you, at this ecstatic point in creation, are expanding creation. And that happens through your connection to the divine and birthing your creations, something new. Now, this is, we're talking about artistry here for the moment, poetry and stories and paintings. But it's not just that. The creative energy is this divine energy. Anybody on the planet who you can think of who is living out their passion and their purpose and you can see it, smell it, and taste it all over them, can't you? You know, who are big names that you're thinking of? Um, the one that's popping to mind is like Tony Robbins. You see that man on stage? Don't matter if you resonate with him or not. That man is on fire for purpose, his purpose. He is here bringing through the divine, all right? Um, Brene Brown, watch her on stage sometime. She is opened up and she's bringing through the fire of spirit, right? Um, any actor who is a master of their craft, Anthony Hopkins, whoom, open up, bring in through spirit. A musician on a stage, anybody, any of them, fired up, bring in through spirit. And the reason that they can do that is because they trust themselves to surrender and open up and allow the fire to come through them so they can breathe it out onto the world. Oh my God, that reminds me. I want to read you my, my, my tea bag. I made some tea before 
are live and listen to this. The purpose of life is to know yourself, love yourself, trust yourself, and be yourself. If that's not the mystic bitch credo, I just don't know what is. <laughs> I just don't know what is. So that's why I wanted to share this poem with you today and the channeling that came through. Everything that happened for that. Let's do some Q&A. How do I stop myself from being scared out of the moment, Naomi? Uh, presence. Good question, Naomi. Bring yourself to presence into the body. You're coming to the somatic manifesting class. The tools I give you there will really, really help. But essentially, when you're jumping out of the present moment, it's because your mind is taking you into the future or is taking you into the past with anxiety and fear or, yeah, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Regret, right? So ask yourself when you're in that place, ask yourself, where do I feel this in my body? Put the story over here, whatever the mind is telling you. Where do I feel it in the body? Take it physically to your body. Take a deep breath and just stay present with the physical sensation in the body. That will help bring you back to spirit. Excuse me, bring you back into the present moment, which will bring you back to spirit. What does it mean to have dreams or immediately think something and say it and then it happens? So if you have a dream about something and then it happens, that's a sign of claircognizance, which is clear knowing. Those are called prophetic dreams. And that's how that particular psychic skill shows up in your sleep state. A lot of times our psychic skills, our, our psychic gifts will show up in our sleep state because we're not using it in our waking life. Baba Joe, how do I know if the faces I see meditating are my guides, not human faces? So first of all, how does it feel? Your guides are going to feel amazing. You're going to feel loved. You're going to feel empowered. You're going to feel honored. You're going to feel respected. You're going to feel all of these really yummy things. Our guides have nothing but unconditional love for us and is incredibly supportive. If you're feeling that, you will know it. And that is a signifier of your guides. If you're not seeing human faces and you're seeing other faces, you could be seeing all kinds of different things. You know, we can tap into other timelines, other dimensions, other, you know, periods along this timeline. But if you're at all concerned, then project your energy to what you're seeing. If it's not a match for you, they'll disappear because you have agency here. If it's a match for you, then they'll hang out and you can continue to explore that with them. Is it normal when your third eye, it's not like a headache, but a tingling pain? Yeah, if you feel tingling in your third eye like that, it's opening up. The third eye is the point for your intuition and your spirituality. Same thing, you might feel the crown chakra as well, which is channeling spirit when it tingles or you have some pain up there. That's your crown chakra opening as well. I hear voices sometimes at night. Once an unpleasant one, so I ask for protection. Great. Claire audience, psychic hearing, clear hearing. So you're hearing spirits, you're hearing hearing things going on. Protection is really good. If you feel all uncomfortable, bring those protections down and you're going to be fine. How can you know how many guides and their names? Uh, from Renee. So Renee, this is one of the things like, first of all, we all, I, my understanding is we all have a lot, like several guides, but we have one or two main guides and the other guides show up to be supportive. I've never been very concerned with names because I think names is one of the ways that we can get distracted and all in our head. And to just, it's, it's ideal to just be present with the energy of your guide and how it chooses to show up for you. You can call it whatever you call, call them whatever you want. 
but don't get too hung up on the names because it's one of the ways, and you can, you can feel the energy when we, um, when we move up into our head, right? When we go out of our intuition and into our head, you can feel that movement of energy and kind of mm, clamping down, right? After my spirit time, meditation such, I'm exhausted, slept most of the day. How do I change it? Grounding. Um, if you're in spirit time and you're opening up the spirit and you're going way, way, way up here and playing in spirit land and you're not grounded, it will be really exhausting. You need the foundation of the entire earth to bring through God consciousness because you're just human and you're not really wired for it. So grounding is really important. I was thinking about someone who recently passed and my car radio volume went up high. So your our loved ones come to us in all kinds of ways, all kinds of ways, any ways to get our attention. If you're not trusting yourself, like with your psychic gifts, your clairvoyance with the non-physical, they'll show up in the physical. And that's really cute that it turned up the car radio. I think that's adorable. How do I start using it in waking life? Because either get same, many clairs are so random. So Shannon, I'm glad you asked. I have a psychic development starter bundle in my stand store, which is linked in my bio. It's eight bucks and it gives you a foundation to start to identify your strongest gifts and then gives you tools to start putting them into practice so that you can start to develop your confidence and use them more and more and more in your waking life. What would you call a disembodied voice that saved my life? What a great question. Um, that's a spirit, honey. And if you heard it, if you heard the voice, that means you're clairaudient, which is clear hearing. So you're here, you're able to hear spirit. Likely you, you experience clairaudience a lot more often, but when we're really clairaudient, typically we shut down the hearing voices piece because that's typically considered a very bad thing. And then it morphs. So it turns into writing your thought stream or snippets of songs popping up in your head. However, it can get in there so that you feel safer receiving it. But that disembodied voice will have got your attention and saved your life because that's a guide. That's somebody looking out for you. It might be a guide, it might be a past loved one, but somebody's looking out for you, darling. How cool is that? How do I manage being an emotional empath? It's crippling. Oh, I feel you. <laughs> I so feel you. Um, so an empath, for those of you who don't know, is when you absorb the emotions and the energies of the people around you or your environment uh, and you experience it like it's your own. And it's an incredible gift. You are the healers of the psychic world because that's your diagnostic tool. It's incredible. But it can also be a fuck of a lot when you don't know how to manage it. So you got to put up your protections. I use something called the energetic wetsuit, which is included in that bundle that I just talked about, the psychic development starter bundle, which you can get from my stand store. That is, um, that is, has a lot of tools that are really going to help you as an emotional empath. But essentially what you do is you bring down energy from spirit and you bathe yourself in it like it's a wetsuit. And the, the way that you, the, the way, the reason I call it a wetsuit is it's like when you put it on a wetsuit and you get into the ocean, you can still feel the water, but you can't feel the cold. I want you to still feel everything because that's your superpower. That's your diagnostic tool, but I don't want you to take it on and embody it and get all embroiled and tangled in it. The other thing is clearing exercises at the end of the day are really, really important. All of that I am put, I put in the psychic development, but a whole bunch of items that you can download from the store. So let me know if you get that and let me know how that works for you. Are spirits able to touch? Sometimes feels like a hug. Yes. 
spirits or anything that doesn't have a body can't do a lot in the physical world, but you can feel things like hugs. You can feel things like touches. And sometimes if they're less friendly or annoying, they'll like poke at you or, you know, like make creaking noises and stuff. And like they can do a little bit in the world for sure. But you can absolutely trust that if you feel that love and that hug from spirit. Absolutely. Fear is the, the big thing that will keep spirit out and keep you from tapping into your psychic gifts, which is why when you're learning to be psychic, when you're developing your psychic gifts, you have to practice and practice and practice so that you can overcome that fear. I see random people in dreams all the time. And then I end up meeting them months later. How it's uh, prophetic dreams, clear cognizance, clear seeing, no clear knowing. I was in a place and had overpowering feeling, um, sadness and strong feeling of crying. Why? So you're an empath and you are absorbing the energies around you. Here's a really good trick. My beautiful empaths, ask yourself this question when you feel emotionally or energetically overwhelmed, how much of this is mine, how much of this is mine, and then give it a percentage. It's going to be easy for you to identify what is not yours. When you ask yourself. We get confused when we don't even bother to ask ourselves how much of it is ours because we've never been taught to even consider that, even consider that it's not ours. So ask yourself how much of this is mine and give it a percentage. The percentage that is not yours, let it go. Drop it. Take it off like a wet jacket. Then that will help you deal with what is actually yours. Okay, darling. My mom passed away in January and I sometimes smell her perfume in my house but she lived in Chicago. Oh, that's really beautiful, honey. So that's called Claire. Oh, I can never remember this one. Old fast sense or something. Claire smelling. It's a secondary psychic sense. And it's really common when we are being visited by spirits, particularly those, um, our loved ones. So you have mediumship abilities, honey, and you can develop those. I have too many gifts. Okay. Tara, um, the psychic development bundle will also help you manage your energy so that you can have command over your gifts. Some people, their gifts, they're so wide open that it just comes in and is overwhelming. And then other people need to sort of learn how to trust themselves so that they can develop it more. The bundle I have has tools for both things. So I think it's going to really help you if you, if you go and get that. When my son passed and the docs took us to him, I felt a brief moment of calm peace. Why? because he was feeling calm peace. And I'm so sorry for your loss, honey. I can't imagine losing a child. But he, you were feeling his moment of calm and peace that he was okay. Can spirits hurt people? Maybe astral projectors. This is a really good question. I'm gonna address the first part of it. Can spirits hurt people in the physical world? No. You are hurt by spirits because you hurt yourself. Because what spirits do is they whip you up and scare the living fucking bejesus out of you so that you're in a panic and you're afraid and then you end up hurting yourself. Because spirits don't have power in the physical world. They can't do very much. But entities, really icky, dark entities, and I've talked at length about entities in a couple of my other podcast episodes. So if you haven't listened to those, it would be worth going back and giving those a listen because there's some good information there. But essentially... There's not a lot they can do, but what they do know how to do is really whip you up and make you really scared so that you're in a panic and then you can actually hurt yourself. Now, the second part of this question is really interesting. Maybe astral projectors. I'm feeling into this because I hadn't, I haven't got it. Uh, I haven't experienced this so far. Okay. 
If you're going to astral project or you know you have a tendency to astral project and you have fear, again, it's the fear that is our downfall. Once we get control of our fear, nothing can hurt us. It's the fear that causes the problems. So if you have fear around astral traveling, set your intention, do your protections around your astral body, and you're going to be just fine. All right. How can you work on opening your third eye more? So first of all, I want you to ask yourself this question. Why do I want to open my third eye? Third eye, it's not a bad thing. I just want you to ask yourself the question so that you have a clear intention moving into opening the third eye. Second of all, it's as simple as meditating on the third eye, setting your intention and allowing it, willing it, intending for it to open, open, open. Don't forget your lower chakras too. Opening up your third eye and your crown and your higher chakras without a good solid grounding foundation doesn't do a lot of good. I can see people when I close my eyes, including my sister who passed away, what do they want? So if you're, um, one of the signs of mediumship is when you close your eyes, you see faces and your sister who passed away is just coming to visit and say, hi, other faces, other spirits are coming in and just dive bombing just to like, Ooh, that one's open. And most of the time they don't want anything and there's nothing more for you to do. Now your sister your sister likely wants to connect and wants to have a conversation with you. So when you see her next time, hold her in your mind's eye and allow, just soften and let her see what comes, see if she makes any movements or speaks to you, or you have some understanding of what she is there for. She will begin to communicate. You just soften and allow it. What exercises can I do to develop my intuition? Go to my stand store. My psychic development starter bundle is eight bucks. And I give you the foundation to start developing your psychic abilities, your psychic gifts. You're going to find out what they are. You're going to put them into practice. And I have a system for you to help you start to really identify them and trust them and get better and better and better. Cool, huh? Thank you so much. I appreciate you. I adore you. I will see you next week. Same time. Same place. Big love to you.